It's time now for The Complete Story with Rich and Dick Bott, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here is Rich and Dick Bott with today's Complete Story. Well, Rich, it's nice to have you back in the studio with me. I feel like I've been rescued a little bit. I had to carry on without you for so long. I got to hear the program that you recorded last week about the national anthem, and that was terrific. I have to hand it to you. That was wonderful. I should be gone more often. We do our best when you're not here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and you've been gone, and God has been good, and you've been able to see things, and you've been able to witness things, and uh, and it's been good, hasn't it? Yes. God, God is at work in America, even though the turmoil and the upset and all of the, the the bad stuff, maybe that really is a reshuffling or maybe kind of, I don't know what it is, but I know that all of all of that mess, God is God and he is working. I was recently at the Values Voters Summit in Washington, D.C., and that was such an inspiring, encouraging uh, event, uh, not because we don't have troubles, but because there these are strategic times in which we live, and we need to be about the Lord's business. And uh, God is on the move, and we want to be involved in what He's doing. All right, now our guest that we have today. Let me explain. It was a number of years ago, and we'll find out how many. But in the state of Missouri, there was a a, a Christian. A paper that was started up, and it was for the Missouri Baptist Convention, and it was called The Pathway. I thought, isn't that an interesting name, The Pathway? Kind of like walking on the path uh, that is clearly defined in the Bible, and you'll find your way, or something like that. But over the years now, since that time, people in the state of Missouri and everywhere else, they have found that that paper, The Pathway, published by the Missouri Baptist Convention is reliable and good and inspirational and uh, and everything and then we got to meet the uh, the publisher the editor we'll get the exact title in a little bit but Mr. Don Hinkle was spelled with an h hinkle when Mr. Don Hinkle is the one who came for out of Nashville I think it was to start it and make it happen and he's our guest so what else should I say but welcome, Don Hinkle. Well, thank you very much, Dick and Rich. It's always a pleasure to be with you. All right. Don, just give us a little thumbnail sketch of your own personal testimony. Uh, quickly now, how you became uh, interested in journalism and all of these things, because you have had, you've had a, a long period of, of honing your skills in doing what you do. But before he does that, Dad, have him share with us how he grew up and how he came to know the Lord. Well, that's what I'm asking him, and then I want to get right to something more recent. I grew up in a church that was built by my grandfather, and my father served as a deacon in the church, uh, a Grace Baptist church outside of a little town called Springfield, about 25 miles north of Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, that's Springfield, Tennessee, then. Yes, Springfield, Tennessee. And um, I, I was 10 years old when I received Christ as my Savior. And what I remember most about it uh, is walking down the aisle by myself, crying because I realized that I was lost and I needed Jesus. Now, I didn't understand all the theological implications of all that as a 10-year-old, but I knew I was lost 
And I knew I needed Jesus. And so I went down the aisle at the invitation that the pastor extended that morning and prayed to receive Christ after Brother John Brandon, who's now with the Lord, mm. read John 3.16 to me. And we prayed, and I received Jesus as my Savior that day. And right. you came to Jesus as a little child. Yeah. And Ten that's years the old. way right. everybody yeah. needs to come to Jesus, whether you're 10 years old or whether you're 50 years old. Or 70 years old. But listen, I wanted to just plow that ground a little bit uh, deeply here. Now, I'm 84. Everybody knows I'm a real old codger. Had my 84th birthday just last week. But we don't have television, so you're not a youngster either, Don Hinkle. How old are you? I just turned 63. All right, so you're 63, and you're talking about when you were 10 years old. Uh. When you were 10 years old, you realized that something was missing in your little life. Yes. Let me say something about 63, that he is in the prime of his life. He is really in the sweet spot of living. Well, you know, it does not always feel that way. All right, now, how, now so that's, see, that's wonderful. And I want to underscore that. I was talking with a lady today, and she said her mother had taught in child evangelism. I think it was in the state of Indiana from the time she was a youngster, and that's what my mother was doing. And my father also was a good Christian. It is important for parents to get their children into a good church, but also make sure that they understand the Bible and their need of Christ, even from their young perspective, why uh, there's that emptiness that needs to be filled, and the earlier the better, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Let me let me tell you something else that happened on that particular Sunday morning. After I prayed and received Christ as my Savior, it was uh, the tradition of the church for everyone to come down front and to uh, uh, shake my hand, greet my family, and and uh, pledge to to help me grow in the faith. And while we were in the receiving line, the pastor leans over to my mother. And Mom did not tell me this until about 20 years ago. I had no idea this happened. That would be when you were in your 40s. Uh, in my 40s. <laughs> and, and Brother Brandon leans over to my mother and says, I think we have a little preacher boy here. <laughs> <laughs> little did we know, little did we know, Dick and Rich, that some 40 years later that God would call me to the gospel ministry. Uh. Yes. Well, how did your interest in journalism come in? Well, I've been a journalist all my life. I've been in journalism for 45 years, started out in radio uh, as a 17-year-old, and then moved into print journalism uh, during my Air Force career, where I spent 10 years as a, as a uh, journalist in the Air Force. And then uh, uh, after uh, receiving my honorable discharge, uh, after 10 years and getting my college degree, I was a reporter for the Nashville Tennessean. I've been a reporter for the Newport News Daily Press in Virginia, and I've been a reporter for the Louisville Courier-Journal. I was editor of the Columbia Daily Herald, which is a community about 50 miles south of Nashville, Tennessee, when God came to me and called me to full-time gospel ministry. And in addition to all of that wonderful journalism experience, you have two degrees from Southern Seminary. I do. I have a, a master's degree in Christian education and a master's degree in theology. Well, how old were you when you received those degrees? Was that early on or was that later on? Forty-five years right. old. Ah. All right, now listen, I'm going to tell you something. I admire that, and I really do, and that's wonderful. 
But I heard that Samuel Clemens, who wrote as Mark Twain years and years ago, said, I never allowed my lack of schooling to interfere with my education. <laughs> now, I like that because yeah. that was kind of my story. <laughs> you just keep learning and learning and pursuing the things that God puts in your path and want to be better at doing them. Is that it? Absolutely. But I find it interesting how God prepared Don Hinkle for the role that he has today. Yeah. Tell me about the start of the pathway. And people in other states now, even in California and Indiana, different states where you're listening to this clear out in Wyoming, why, if you don't have a publication that you're receiving that, that really is an inspiration and a blessing to your heart spiritually, and also giving you the application like salt and light in society as Christians, how to look at this issue or that issue or the other thing and fill in the blanks. Well, I'm sorry for you because you should have, but the pathway uh, in Missouri, how many, how many, how many, how many, how many, tell us about the distribution a little bit. Right now, our circulation is 25,228. We're now the fifth largest paid circulated newspaper in the state of Missouri. Our readership now has reached nearly 100,000. Yeah. And in how many countries? We're in 115 different countries. Oh. Isn't that amazing? Oh, man. Is there a website where people can go to learn more about the pathway, maybe to subscribe to it or to read it online? www.mbcpathway.com. Uh, M, M as in Mary, M or as in Missouri, MBC. Right. Yeah. MB, Pathway. Right. MBCpathway.com. Yeah. All right. Now, this reminds me also that God has a plan. Listen now, every listener. God has a plan for your life. And when Don Hinkle mentions the ministry, we're all ministers. If you are a Christian, why, God has a plan for your life to serve him. Amen. There's a little poem, God's great field of labor, all work is not the same. He has a service for each one who loves his holy name. And you... To whom the secret of all sweet sounds are known, rise up, for he hath called you to a labor all your own. And in your case, Don Hinkle, it was publishing, at least as it is now, the pathway for how many years? Uh, Fifteen years. We launched the pathway in 2002. And, and it's been a blessing to the state of Missouri, and it's growing in its impact and a blessing to the state of Missouri. But uh, isn't it wonderful that God has a plan for each person listening right now. And uh, it's important, first of all, be a Christian. Be a Christian. There's nothing better than knowing you've closed that loop. You've closed that empty space by coming to know the Lord as your Savior. And then it's a joy to serve him one way or the other, even if it's helping somebody out. I want to bring this up. Because, Don Hinkle, it wasn't that long ago that you lost your precious wife. How many months ago is that? Uh, Bernadette went home to be with the Lord. Um, it's a year ago this past July. Yeah. A year ago this past July, you suffered the loss of the wife that God gave you. And it's a sorrow and an emptiness and everything else. Tell me this. Was God there with you through that valley to help you heal? And it still leaves a scar, there's no doubt. 
But uh, tell me about that. Every step of the way, Dick. He never leaves us in the valley. He always takes us through the valley. He never leaves us there. He's never left me. He's been with me every step of the way. He strengthened me. He sent friends, put people in my life who have helped me grow in my faith, even as I walk through this valley. See, he, he oftentimes will use these valleys to grow us, to grow our faith, and to stretch us, and to make us more dependent on him each day. And I've learned to do that through this. Don, was there a particular scripture that has been comforting or meaningful to you as you go through this valley? Well, I no scripture in particular. One that has always been near and dear to me is just uh, Joshua 1.9, where God instructed Joshua, who he was all he was fretting and afraid. Moses had died, and he, here God was coming to him and say, "You're gonna you're gonna lead the Israelites." And Joshua, you know, didn't have the confidence. He was scared. It, it, it looked everything looked uncertain to him. And and God tells me, says Joshua, "Be strong, be courageous, for your God will never." leave you. I will be with you always. Is that the same God that you came to know when you were a boy 10 years old? The same one. And he's more real to me today, Dick and Rich, Mm. than he was when I was 10 years old. All right, folks. Uh, Tell the folks now who we're talking to right now, Rich. Well, this is Don Hinkle, the editor of the Pathway, and that is the Missouri of that is the newspaper of the Missouri Southern Baptists all across the state and read literally around the world. Now, Don, something has really been impressed upon me, especially the last few months, or as I've gotten older and really thought about it. Because we've all lived our lives thinking about ourselves. We've all lived our life thinking about what is my calling, what is my ministry, what about my family, what about my marriage, what about my future, and everything else. So that verse in Mark, 12th chapter, in the 30th and 31st verse, where they came to the Lord, and they kind of wanted to trip him up, I understand, ask him, you know, there's Ten Commandments, there's Ten Commandments, but they asked him, which is the most important? which was the big one. And then he said, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. I mean, give it your all. And then he went on to say, the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. There is no commandment greater than these. Now, are we entering into a period of time and the Lord's people, the brothers and sisters in Christ, are starting to find themselves, find each other. I know this, that God has put on my heart. There are many brothers and sisters of a different color, a different tone to their skin tone. We tend to look on the outside always, seemingly. But that's kind of looking at something, any, anyone that's a little different than you are. Well, I don't know whether we got to do a little measurement here. And that's not good. That's not what the Lord taught. But finding each other interracially and from other countries or wherever they are, they are serving the same Lord if they know him as their Savior that we serve. And maybe they should say, well, those those guys are serving the Lord I serve. <laughs> There's something that's happening that's bringing people together at the same time that it seems the media 
and uh, and everyone else is trying to drive them apart, trying to trying to build a wedge, trying to use an issue to create controversy rather than build people up and build them in the faith and cause them to come and, and know each other. You know, the pathway takes its name from Jeremiah 6.16, where uh, God talks about uh, in Jeremiah, and we all know the situation Jeremiah was in with, with the Israelites, and, and, and God reminds him, Follow the old past, the ancient past, and you'll find rest for your souls. Listen, as our, as our nation deals with all the issues that we're dealing with right now, what Pathway attempts to do is to call them back to God's Word. The answers are in God's Word. If we will get, if we will all just simply get back into the Bible, God has the answers. He'll tell us what to do. We'll know how to heal all this brokenness and how to come and love each other and respect each other as human beings made in the image of God, humans that deserve the dignity and the respect that comes from, from someone made and created by a holy God. Hey, that's good preaching. Yeah, Don Hinkle, as you look across the state of Missouri and across the country around the world, are are the churches that are really having an impact focused on God's word? Absolutely, that's the key. The people need to hear faithfully the word of God preached from the pulpit. Let me say to my brothers and sisters in the ministry. Preach the Word. Mm. Preach it day and night. Do not deviate from it. Preach the Word. All right, all right, all right. right. Good, 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 good. But then the salt and the light is what I'm thinking of now because the Word has application to the living. And there is hardly any controversy. There's hardly any big concern that divide people that isn't addressed in the Word, whether it is what to do with money whether it is to work and then have the reward for work, and then all of these things, how to raise children, how to keep a marriage intact, everything under the sun that is dividing people and people are so such a controversy about, the Bible has application. And don't you think we need to be able and ready to let people know what the Bible says about this or that or the other thing, not to condemn anybody, goodness sakes not to condemn anybody but to but to tell everybody what the bible says and then how to accept forgiveness and then move forward let me just in a second here somebody said it's not where you were it's not where you've been it's where you are at the moment and then where you're going so if we can understand that then people don't have to say, well, I don't know, the preacher mentioned this, that, or the other thing. I think he was trying to ridicule me. I thought he was trying to criticize me. No, no, no. But that's for everybody to understand what the Bible says on a level playing field, and it applies to everyone. Indeed it does. You know, Dad, I heard somebody say, you don't make the Bible relevant. The Bible is relevant. Amen. And the Bible, if you search the Scriptures faithfully, the Bible has something to say about all of the social problems that we're experiencing in our country and the world today. Yeah. The Bible speaks to that. And that's that's kind of, if you listen to David Barton especially, you'll hear that 
that's part of the role of the church down through the ages is to is to take the word of God and apply it to the issues of the day so that you understand how to uh, how to work through these issues from a biblical worldview with a biblical perspective and using the Bible as our light to light our pathway. Yeah. I'm going to ask our producer, Mr. Producer, I'm going to ask you in the closing minutes, not now, but you just peruse some of my favorite songs that you know that we like, and then we will let you surprise us when we get through with the program what you're going to choose that will be a blessing to the people. Uh, absolutely rich, without a doubt, because the Bible shows the way. Brother Lester Roloff, who was a good friend of mine, I know many of our radio listeners may remember him, and he said, we don't need to rewrite the Bible. We need to reread it and really take it seriously. And that's somehow what we're not doing so much these days, and we should. Now, education, if I can bring that up, is so important. When a youngster is caught in a school district that's not doing the job, I'm telling you, I think the churches, they need to call attention to that and tell the politicians to get their act together. There is no reason why a youngster is going through first grade, second grade, third grade in any school system and is not acquiring the knowledge and learning how to read and learning how to think well of themselves and learning how to have hope and all of those things. So education is so important because in the old, in the old pioneer towns and people were able to stake out their claim for their farm or their land or whatever it was, the first thing they said is, let's have a church. Now, let's organize and let's have a church. And then the second thing was let's have a school where our children can come and learn. They can learn to write and they can learn arithmetic and they can learn geography. They can learn history. They can be something when they grow up. And then the third thing is, I suppose, let's have a general store. And then it wasn't long, of course, before the saloon people came in. <laughs> you know, <and> that's the <laughs> other side. That's the other side, you see. But the, but the home is protected by having a good church, a good church, and then the church says, well, what we need now is a school for the little ones. Well, either of you just speak to that. No, I, I just agree. I'll say amen to that. <laughs> I, I want to ask Don, Don Hinkle also because uh, one of the things that uh, the Pathway does for the readers in, in Missouri is help them understand uh, the, 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 the elections and, and where the candidates stand on various issues because elections have consequence. When it comes to holding the door of religious liberty open, who you vote for makes a difference. I know in the state of Missouri there have been several uh, Items in the news relating to religious liberty, the the Trinity Lutheran case. You might comment on that, and then also the desecration of that uh, the Jewish cemetery in St. Louis. And also, there was a time when the people in St. Louis, or at least the the leadership of St. Louis, the, um, the the city government, was trying to make St. Louis an abortion sanctuary city. Oh man! But but thankfully. Uh, the people of Missouri had elected a governor that, of character that made a difference, oh, and it's a, it's a wonderful example of how elections have consequences, yeah. and these are the types of issues that the pathway helps the Christian now, community to know about. Now, first of all, first of all, folks, and then I want Don Hinkle's commentary. All right, now, first of all, the whole name of St. Louis, the whole name of St. Louis, does that make you think St. Louis has a history? of recognizing faith, Christian faith, and the importance of that. And then St. Louis is going to be a sanctuary for abortion? 
My word, that's killing a kid. Oxymoron. Well, sure, other people would say, don't be so indelicate when you put it, but it's killing a kid. The kid hasn't seen the light of day, but that child, that precious little child, is just as much alive as it will ever be. And uh, and so here, but if it wasn't for the governor, listen, folks, in other states, if it wasn't for the governor, that the people of Missouri wisely, wisely chose Governor Greitens, uh, why, and he wouldn't have stepped in as the governor, why, who knows what could have happened? What would you say, Don? Well, the, you're exactly right, Dick. You know, the, you mentioned the desecration of the uh, Jewish cemetery in St. Louis. That is a perfect example of how people of faith, Christians, Jews, uh, all types, more than a thousand. Well, let's say Americans. A thousand. People, people of faith came to that cemetery that day, met the governor and vice president uh, Mike Pence even flew in. They all got together and 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 cleaned up that cemetery. It was it was a marvelous demonstration of how Americans of different faiths come together, bonded to do the right thing. And you see, that is America. That's why we take the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag seriously. That's why we take the national anthem seriously. It is that freedom. It starts with life and then liberty and then the pursuit of happiness. Listen, let's ask our producer here what he has for us. Here, let's go. Happiness. Happiness. 
now I'm saved And all of this is mine Oh man, man, listen, Don Hinkle, that was Doris Akers. She's a black lady who, as a little child, she was born and raised in northern Missouri. In Brookfield, Missouri. Brookfield, Missouri. And when she was a child, somebody invited her to go to church. She gave her heart to the Lord, just as you did when you were 10 years old, you see, down in Tennessee. And she lived her entire life writing music like we've just heard and singing for the Lord. And I first heard her in 1954 in Los Angeles at the Sky Pilot mm-hmm. Tabernacle. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you who the preacher was. It was Aubrey Lee. Never heard of him before. But I'll never forget that music. What? Don Hinkle, thank you for being our guest. Give us that website one more time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Again, that's www.mbcpathway.com. And if people would like to subscribe to the print edition, just call our office at 573-636-0400. We'll send you one for free. All right. This is Dick Bott with my son, Rich. Uh, as a public service, by the way, with this chapter, The Complete Story, we'll see you later. We'll see you later.